How are we doing everybody? My name is Jeremy and welcome to the J Curve. The only time is right now. So thank you for using your right now by being here with me. Join me as I interview experts, high performers, and speakers from all walks of life whose mission is to live out their purpose and be the wind beneath people's wings. In each episode, we dive into their stories and discuss methods surrounding healing, wealth creation, and awareness that you can implement today to facilitate change in your life and your loved ones. Plus, we enjoy some laughs and inspiration along the way. Now, let's dive into this episode. Enjoy. Joining the show today is my friend Jeremy Griffin. So excited to have you on. Welcome to the J Curve. I feel like we've been talking about this for a while. So I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this. And yeah, just blessed to have you here, brother. Appreciate you, my man. I'm excited to be uh, one of the first honorary mentions on the J Curve. And uh, just want the audience to know that I participated in the in the inception and uh, ideation of the excellent name. And uh, you're going places. <laughs> thank you man yeah you were the f- one of the, i think you were the first person i sent the, the new logo to uh yep. you you, you and drew Jax. it out on my whiteboard i did i did i did so thank you for your support and that jeremy's got this like like fascinating mind when it comes to like branding and psychology so i was like okay this is the right guy to talk to when it comes to choosing new logo choosing a new name so um yeah you've been a great friend to to lean on with that appreciate you brother yeah man so Jeremy, the way he and I actually met at a friend's birthday party, um, and we just got to talking about health, spirituality, sovereignty, just financial freedom, all these things. We just we basically connected immediately within like the first hour of knowing each other. It's like kind of one of these moments, like oh, I feel like I've known this guy forever, mm-hmm. and um, it was such a beautiful time in my life because that was when I was like kind of struggling. I was kind of in a dark night, if you will. Mm-hmm. in san diego thinking about leaving and then our mutual friend had a birthday party invited we both happened to be there and i think you said that you weren't planning on going either it was no. just kind of a <laughs> very synchronistic yes very synchronistic synchronistic and now just blessed to blessed to have in my life and to to continue this work together so i kind of wanted to start there like as far as what initially got us connected in the first place that was we were talking health food eating locally because I know you initially started out your entrepreneurial journey kind of in the in the fitness space, right? Yep. So I would love for you to share just a little bit about like your trajectory. We don't got to go too deep into that because I know that could probably take up the whole, you know, the episode, right? Mm-hmm. But um, just kind of how you got to where you are right now because you went, you went fitness, business, wealth. And it's such yeah. an awesome um, journey that you've had. I've kinda, I would kind of love to start there with the health there. Cool, cool. So I'll, yeah, hopefully this isn't too long. So ever since I was probably a young teenager, I've, I've always been fascinated with the human body and human potential. I, I obviously, I grew up playing sports and, um, after you quit playing sports, you're kind of always in that in that mindset, if you will, of, um, wanting to find a way to physically push yourself. And, um, I didn't have that for a number of years in my, from high school to into college. And so I started getting in a lot of 
uh, trouble, if you will, going down the wrong path, et cetera, et cetera. So long story short, uh, I wake up one night in, uh, I'm 20 years old. I wake up one night or one morning in jail. I have no shoes on. I'm super confused. Is this a dream? What's going on? Wasn't a dream. Uh, I had landed myself in, uh, let's see, it would have been called Santa Rosa, (laughs) Santa Rosa community jail or something like that, uh, up at Sonoma state. That was one town North of us. And, um, Turned out I had been arrested for drunken public possession of cocaine. Long story short, I got put on a rehabilitation program where I had to call in every morning to find out if I was going to be randomly drug and alcohol tested. I also had to go to classes that are very similar to like AA, uh, NA, and these types of things to work through addiction and all that. So that was actually like my little rock bottom of like, okay, I live in a frat house. I've been, I've been living this lifestyle in a certain way. I did not view myself as someone who was an addict or had a problem, but I just found myself in jail. And so there's really two things that you can do, right? You can be the guy who's sitting there like, okay, I don't belong here. Like there's nothing wrong. Or you could be the person who's like, okay, it's time to take responsibility over my life and make some different decisions. So from that, that was really the uh, dark night that my little personal rock bottom that got me into seeking alternative, an alternative lifestyle. And so that was actually why I got into fitness. Um, I messed around with working out, you know, lifting way too heavy shit form protein (laughs) powder in high school, but like nothing consistent. So for all intents and purposes, I started my fitness journey when I was 20, like actually, you know, diving into the nutrition, learning about macronutrients, uh, vitamins and supplements and um, getting on an actual workout split and tracking your workouts and, you know, just immersing yourself in, in the knowledge. And so that started at 20 and I had a pretty quick like transformation because I stopped drinking. I mean, I couldn't. I stopped parting in any sense. I spent the weekend at the gym and in the library. I started carrying a gallon jug, took all my classes, regardless of getting trolled for it. Um, you know, started taking the right supplements, started eating right. And I, you know, it was maybe six months before, you know, consistently people like, Whoa, you look really different. Like, what are you doing? That type of thing. So it was kind of immediate feedback for me of, um, all right, I seem to be like kind of good at this. Like, you know, cause we just, we all perceive ourselves how we perceive ourselves. I didn't necessarily think anything of it. And then I just start getting constant feedback and I'm a junior in college and you know, I'm in that weird space where it's like, it's time to pick your, it's time to pick what you want to do for the rest of your life. Right? Like it's all of a sudden like you're a sophomore and it's like, Oh, nothing matters like frat parties. And then you're a junior and it's like, you're an adult now. You need to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You relate. (laughs) And I was just like, uh, a business, (laughs) that's how you make money. So I'm a business major and, but I don't, any of the options I keep trying, accounting, marketing, finance, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I just can't see it. So when this kind of aligned, it was like, I just kind of saw my opportunity here and Instagram was brand new. Uh, social media was brand new and I read a book by Gary V called jab, jab, right hook. And 
the rest is history, man. I created my Instagram that day. I created a Twitter that day, though I didn't end up using it. The idea is that I created my social media that day and I started to just, as he says, document, not create. And I started to just share as much value as I could for free. You know, that was 20. Um, fast forward now to me graduating college. I obviously didn't go the cubicle nine to five route. Um, I took my degree. I didn't even walk at graduation. I could care less. Came back home, moved back in with my mom and started my personal training and fitness business. And so that was the origins of that. Now, let me make it more relevant to your question now that I've given the context of kind of where I came from. So on the business side, yes, I was really into and I'm still really into health, fitness, human optimization, um, longevity, biohacking, all that stuff. I am really into that. Um, And I was. Having said that, I have always been a man with a plan. I don't just rush into something and I don't just do something for surface level reasons. Regardless of what I was doing, whether you look at 20-year-old me, whether you look at, well, I'll say 21-year-old me, or whether you look at 24-year-old me or 28-year-old me or today, 31-year-old me, I'm doing what I'm doing for a reason, and it might be deeper than it seems on the surface. And so, yes, I was uh, a personal trainer, and then I was an online fitness coach, and then I was a life or spiritual coach, and then I was a business coach, and now I run a wealth mastermind. But to me... That was all the same path. It was all the same trajectory. I went into it with the intention of I'm going to become wealthy through this. I'm going to impact millions of lives through this. I'm going to realize my larger purpose on earth through this. And I know that kind of sounds silly because how many personal trainers (laughs) walk into the gym with that mindset? They're like, look, I'm just looking to make my 150 bucks today and (laughs) leave. Like it's a difference, in, but that was how I was approaching it. And so, you know, that business, ultimately, I didn't know anything about um, systems and pricing structure, and I just had so much to learn as an entrepreneur. So I ultimately built myself a business that became a prison because by the time I reached a successful client load, I was working more than a nine to fiver and I was making around what a nine to fiver makes. Um, maybe more of like the out of college ones, but you know, nothing crazy. It's definitely not, you know, I wasn't sitting there like, yeah, this is why I'm on earth. So I kind of ran into a ceiling there. I also started to go through my own second spiritual awakening there. Cause the first one was, it was a spiritual awakening of sorts, um, of realizing I had created all my own suffering and that I needed to make better choices and that I needed to be a positive force in the world. But it was more of an elementary Awakening, the second one in 2017, had me literally just fold my business overnight, announce to all my clients, and let them all go, and fully just trust fall into, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but God's guiding it. And I spent the next uh, six to nine months just remodeling everything and ultimately transitioned and popped out the other side, uh, a butterfly with a with my first high ticket offer and that high ticket offer was called mind, body, soul mastery. And that was essentially a culmination of me teaching others everything that I had learned in not only body transformation, but mind transformation and soul transformation from a place of experience because I had been through it twice now. 
of reinventing myself or identity change. These, some of these aspects are a lot harder than it is to just lose 10 pounds. Um, and so that was, that was the spawning of kind of my second business. And that was a huge level up because I went from really just working with people who were for all intents and purposes, mainly just hiring me to change how their meat suit looked. They didn't have any uh, deeper desire. And when we ran into certain um, issues, whether it be like self-sabotaging patterns, uh, binge eating, not being able to re- remain consistent, I always understood and went to the, the root of the issue, right? Like, let's figure out why your behaviors are actually like that. And a lot of these people, they weren't... Um, they weren't ready for that. They weren't wanting those kind of answers. So pivoting allowed me to work with people and help people in a deeper capacity. Right. And working with hundreds and hundreds of people in the fitness space showed me firsthand. I mean, I would get someone peeled like the best shape of their life. And in their check-ins, they would just shit on themselves. And it really showed me like, okay, we really think like if I just looked this way, then I'd love myself or whatever it may be. And yeah. it just was not, or same, same on the flip side, right? Help a skinny kid get like more jacked than he's ever been stronger than he's ever been. And it's all and the mindset was just like, but I'm not content, but, I'm, but there's more. And it's like, okay. So it really opened my eyes to that of, okay, I know I'm helping people, but I could be helping people in a deeper way. Right not like further in training them into like, like self punishment in a way. Um, and, and that doesn't get talked about too much, but fit, a lot of the fitness industry is like the self punishment industry. Like there's a difference between fitness and health and 22, 23, 24 year old me. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas now it's like, yeah, I like to have a, a, a reasonable, uh, physique. I like to look a certain way. I, I like to have a reasonable baseline of strength, but I understand now that like what health actually is. And it's different from looking like you could step on stage on a physique competition. And the irony is that people will look at people that look like that and they'll think that they're the epitome in health. And in reality, if you run their blood panels, they're 30 seconds away from a heart attack. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> that's an interesting, um, that was an interesting journey and trajectory for me, but that kind of explains, you know, how my, how my roots were set in the, in the fitness space. And so then I evolve into helping people in more of the spiritual and, and the life side. Some people would call me a life coach. I didn't really like that term. Um, I'm just, I was just helping people with things that you couldn't see on the surface. So a lot of unconscious, um, subconscious, uh, limiting beliefs, patterns, behavior change and trauma was all that and so that was my second main business and um and then there was actually a a a third business which was uh the aligned entrepreneur and that was that was helping spiritual entrepreneurs after they've gone through their awakening after they've healed their trauma it's very common to feel like okay now i'm this new person i've i've kind of actualized in a sense i want to serve others it's a very common trajectory and so being in service to my ideal client, I noticed that and I was like, okay, let me, I wanted to provide a solution there. And I actually had clients like, I had one client in particular, Jessie, who actually this offering would never have came about if it weren't for her. She kind of made me 
like take her on as a test client in this. She's like, I've seen what you've done. You've done it multiple times. You know what you're doing. I want you to teach me. And it was like, all right, but I'm not some business. Like I had serious imposter syndrome, right? Like I'm not some business guru. Like, but it anyway, so that's as organic as it was. I did not intend to a lot of this path, none of actually none of this path I intended, right? It just kind of happens through, uh, God and you know, everyone has their different beliefs. But when I look back on my path, it was just very much so like it was, it was chosen for me. So yeah, that was the aligned entrepreneur. And so I pivot from helping people with that deep internal stuff to taking that same mindset and perspective and understanding of how things actually operate and what actually dictates our results into business, which was seriously missing, right? Everything about the business space. I mean, we, we still see this to a degree now, but think back to um, 2018, 2019. That's when I was doing this. I mean, it was very popular, like sleepless productivity planners, Pomodoros, mindset training, time blocking. I mean, all of the approaches to business were just so masculine and it wasn't being addressed. Like my whole thing is like whoever's driving the ship, that should be the biggest focus in business. And so the Align Entrepreneur was a lot, yes, there's a, a whole host of tactics and strategies and all that, but a big focus was on the human. Because if we don't get the human right, and if we don't get the the driver's beliefs right, they're going to crash. Right. They're going to crash and burn. So that was that. And then through those three different businesses, all of which very seemingly different, right? On the surface, it's like, okay, so you did fitness coaching, you did life and spiritual coaching, and you did business coaching. You know, I kind of uh, learned a thing or two and I built enough uh, of a community or what you could call in the marketing world is enough goodwill in the market uh, from just giving, giving, giving for, uh, I guess, around seven years at this time. Um and working with hundreds and hundreds of clients in different capacities. Um, in tw- January, 2020, uh, I was meditating and I just, just had this l- l- essentially lightning bolt, call it a download, whatever you want, just, uh, come in and it was just level up collective. <laughs> I had no context. It was just that, that was it. And it was like, all right, what is this? So I was essentially just kind of, um, told to create this group and that this group was going to be like the thing, like my future. I don't know. I don't know, really know how to describe it, but for the first time I didn't let my logical mind come in and start doing all of the logical things of like, but this doesn't make sense, but what is it? We'll do it later. Like I just literally got out of the way and three within three weeks it was launched and check here's the craziest part of this whole story now that I've kind of went through the trajectory of like the I view each of those previous businesses as stepping stones right and because ultimately they were all a part of me but they weren't all of me they were challenging me in an area but they weren't fulfilling me in all areas it wasn't until the level up collective of what I do now that I'm actually challenged and fulfilled in all areas and at you've been inside it I think you can understand what that you know why that is because it's very multifaceted um, so January, it was like the third or fourth week of January, 2020 that I created this 
think about the timing of that and what ha- what happened two to three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told to launch this, essentially my first ever group offering. I had never done anything group and I had a lot of fears come up, fears of being seen and heard, imposter syndrome, um, who's going to, people even going to join fear of speaking on camera, all that stuff was still present. Uh, 2020, I, I started working with a hypnotist to kind of like work through some of that at a deeper level. Um, but anyway, I got out of the way. I launched regardless and it turned out to be just like a crazy moment where I trusted, you want to call it your higher self. You want to call it divine intelligence. You want to call it God, but I trusted whatever that was. And I just created that thing. And that thing in a short period of time went on to change the trajectory of, of my life and has been by far the most potent vehicle that I've ever experienced in my, in my four businesses thus far for impacting other people's lives. Um, the amount of change we've actually been able to create in other people's lives at scale, right? Cause it's no longer, it's not based on my capacity to handle one-on-ones has been uh, a serious blessing. And a lot of that, was um, accelerated by the fact that, you know, when the world shut down, like what are, what is one of the most basic human needs that all of us have that was taken away from us? Community. And so, you know, we're locked in our houses. People are working from home if they're even working. Um, We're not allowed to go out and have fun with our friends anymore. You're not allowed to go out in public places, sit together, all that. So people were really desiring and missing a sense of community. And obviously a group community uh, can kind of provide that in a, in a digital sense. And another huge pain point during that era is I think people realize just how vulnerable they are and just how finicky these systems are i think a lot of people had a forced wake-up call during 2020 you know for for many of us we've been knowing these things but for a lot of the world they didn't have a need to know these things they life was good things were great 11 year bull market happy kids white picket fence retirement account what what do you mean why why would i want to look at that dark stuff that's uncomfortable but then that happens And so a lot of people were forced to sit their ass down and take a look and that's some deep shadow work, you know? So I feel like as a country, as a nation, we were going through some shadow work as a collective kind (laughs) of, yes. And, um, and that just so happens to be exactly what the level up collective kind of focuses and, and teaches on obviously some of the inner work, but what I'm specifically addressing is like, education and empowerment solutions around a lot of these things where people realize like, Oh, I need to take my financial future into my own hands. Like if they can crash the economy over this fake, whatever you want to call it, what else can they do? Is my, is are my, is my retirement strategy really actually safe? Is this an effective strategy or, or what about my job that they're, can just take away from me because I won't shove this thing in my arm. You know, a lot of these things had never crossed people's mind before because they hadn't thought that deep because they didn't need to think that deep. They thought that they were safe. They thought that life was just what they were told it was. And unfortunately for some life is not 
what we've been told it was. Yeah. And that's kind of what my whole brand today is about opening people's eyes that life is not what we've been told it was and that that's not a negative thing. So I'll stop there. Um, if you want to dig in any deeper into any of that, but, yeah. um, I don't want to go on too long for on my story. <laughs> no, man. Hey, Jeremy, thank you so much for, for sharing that. It's such a cool story and there's so much to unpack there. And I want to touch on all of that in, in due time during our time together. Um, but something that, uh, I admire you about is that several things, right? Is that you're very laser aware and you take action immediately. So this, this show is called the J curve, right? And the concept I came up with this was that, okay, well with, with a couple friends, we came up with this. All right. We don't want to take all the credit, <laughs> but the concept is like a friend of mine asked me, he said, okay, what would you be talking about if you were the number one podcast in the world and money was an issue? I said, human evolution, growth. So the concept of the J curve is taking advantage of a rock bottom in your life and using that rock bottom to create exponential growth in your life. So it sounds like you've had a couple, right? The first one being, um, you ended up, you wake up in jail one day. It's like, Oh my goodness. And what did you do? You took action immediately. Yeah. So like something, as I said, that I admire about you is you're, you're very aware you take action immediately and you have, you're very intentional. So like, hey, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to be a millionaire as a fitness coach. Okay. Like that's step one to get there. And um, you practice what you preach. One of my favorite quotes is, I think it's Seneca or no, it's um, Epictetus. It's don't explain your philosophy, embody it. So in this bars, bars dude, bars. <laughs> And in this space of quote unquote influencers, uh, coaching, like I, I really don't like the word coach either or life coach. I don't like that stuff, but it, it is what it is in this space. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors and you're saying one thing and doing another. People are saying one thing and doing another. One of my, one of my, um, my friend group in college, one of our little quotes that we would say each to, to uh, tell each other is say it or do it. Like if you make a declaration, you hit them right back and say, okay, say it or do it. I'm going to, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Okay. Say it or do it. <laughs> right. So with you, it's like, okay, you found success in fitness. You found success in life. You found success in business. Now you're, now you found amazing success with what you're doing now with the level up collective. So it's like, you're, you're practicing what you preach. Whereas a lot of people uh, that I've seen in this industry, because I worked with Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, and I, I've seen business coaches who've never started a business yeah. being a business coach. Yeah. Starting out, that's their first business is to be a business coach. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it's sad. And like, I, at the same time, I try to put myself in their shoes and their mindset of why they're doing this. They're taking advantage of an opportunity right now. And it's like, okay, people want to help people. Right. And now there's almost this oversaturation of coaches and all this stuff. And a lot of these coaches are finding themselves back in nine to fives because for any number of reasons, but one thing I wanted to touch on, I would love your, your thoughts. Um, I've, I, I was formerly a health coach. I have a, several health coach friends. We know a ton of people in the, in the industry. Um, and I've found that this is typically the trajectory is like going from health to more so life, de life, deeper inner work. Yep. Because to your point, people are getting chiseled, they're getting ripped, they're getting in good shape, and then they find themselves backsliding. 
yep. it, making five steps forward than taking four steps back. Yeah. And like, what's there? So, like it's deep work. It's trauma. It's that yeah. shadow work you're talking about. So what do you tell to somebody like who's, who, who has this, that, that, that how would you encourage someone to do that work? That, that shadow work, the, to do that trauma work. Well, I think it's important to always first, we have to start with awareness and a lot of people just aren't aware of what governs their behavior. So simple crash course here, save you like 15 books, you know, 90, 95% of everything that we think, act on, speak and believe is dictated by our unconscious mind and feel sorry feelings as well are quite important and those all work kind of uh, synergistically right you can have a feeling and it can create a thought you can have a thought and it can create a feeling both of those contribute to what we refer to as beliefs etc 90 to 95 percent of this is unconscious and that's where it's that's where it hangs out so we have this common dilemma and this was literally what you're up against when you're a fitness coach client a Hey, Jeremy, uh, really excited to work with you. Here are my goals. I want to lose 25 pounds and get in better shape than I've ever gotten before. Okay, perfect. We lay out the plan, get, can give you the perfect plan, etc. Perfect plan doesn't mean shit because as soon as you start on that path, here's the issue. Those words, better shape than I've ever been in before, are the important point here. When you're trying to step into a place you've never been in before, what you're actually saying is, I'm trying to create a new identity mm, because mm -hmm. the way you look is just a byproduct of the way you currently perceive yourself. Mm -hmm. Your body fat composition, the weight on the scale, what, what you allow yourself to get to, how far you allow yourself to let yourself go before you rein it back in. We all have a different threshold based on how we perceive ourselves. And when you're trying to step into a better shape than I've ever been in before, well, you have to start with the internal shit of shifting your identity. And before you can talk about shifting your identity, you have to be aware of why are you overweight in the first place? That is where people don't want to go. It's like, but Jeremy, you don't understand it. I'm a mom of three kids. I work a busy job. It's like, I understand that. Mm -hmm. You have to slow down so you can think deeper. I I'm busy. I don't have time to slow down. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. That person's just not ready. And that's what you see a lot in the fitness space. Cause they're like, what the hell? You're psychoanalyzing me. I thought this was just fit. All right, cool. Like hire a different coach then. Cause you don't actually want to be helped. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes to to try to rise to the occasion of uh the bar you dropped a few minutes ago is uh <laughs> yeah. something along the lines of before you try to heal a man, make sure that he's willing to give up what makes him sick in the first place. And we see a lot of that in any sense of the transformation space. It could be personal transformation or not, but a lot of times people think if I just hire this coach, if I just pay this money, if I just buy this course that I've done the thing and it's this false dopamine hit that we get. And in reality, it's like a lot of us aren't actually willing to give up this 
negative behavior or whatever it may be. So I think that piece of awareness first and foremost is really important. And then I don't feel encouragement is really needed. I feel like if you're like, if you have clarity and true awareness of why you're doing something and what it's doing to you and you choose not to change that, then that's your karma and that might be your path. Mm-hmm. I think that winners win. And I think that if, if you're aware of something and you choose not to change that, then you're choosing it. And I'm not going to try to encourage you out of choosing it. We all have our path. I think you need more suffering. Yeah. And that's who there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> there's several different points okay i gotta reel it in here but something that you brought up talking about awareness right and um our mutual friend aaron apke was on the show and his his push right now is helping people become more spiritually intelligent yep and i remember asking him that question what does that mean to you and initially when he was first coming up in his space of being a spiritual teacher um someone that we could look up to an educator uh he was like well it's just I thought it was just awareness, but then that didn't really land. That wasn't, that didn't feel good anymore. Now it's awareness plus integration. You could be aware of anything. Oh, I'm aware that drinking alcohol is bad for me. I'm aware that not moving my body every day is detrimental. I am aware of all these things, but am I actually taking action on those things? So for me, um, (laughs) there's so much there. So for me, it sounds like I, I love the identity piece too, right? Shifting your identity. Now, I was talking to a friend of mine about what we're talking about right now. He's in medical school right now, brilliant man. And I was like, okay, I'm having trouble with consistency, right? And he's like, well, you, it's, a, it's an identity shift. It's about changing your identity. It's not about, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. It's like I am an, shifting. I want to work out to I am an athlete, just that little identity shift, right? So, and then also I feel like it ties into values. Like what are your core values? Is there, if you find yourself inconsistent, if you find yourself taking those three steps forward, two steps back, it's probably because there's misalignment, incongruency with whatever your values are. So how in your experience, being in this space, being in, you know, you've been at this for like seven, eight years as far as personal development, spirituality, and all that. How would you, um, how would someone find their values? Excellent question. So I first off want to say that <clears throat> that is absolutely spot on what you said about identity and values. I would say that our values create our identity. Obviously, our identity can be more than just our values, but when we ask the question and dig into what is my identity, and we try, if we tried to write it out, where does it come from, and we tried to reverse engineer to figure out what is, how do I perceive myself, it would come from our deeper values, whether or not we're aware of them. We all have these values, right? So your question is kind of like, how do we get clear on our values? How do we get clear on our values? Yeah, I'm curious. Well, so I think 
same same as last question i think we have to start with awareness of where we're at first so step one is um the, and this isn't easy to do we always have to reverse engineer anything that we're when whenever we're talking about anything subconscious so like feelings actions uh beliefs values these types of things that are hidden our identity you can't see it like i can't just ask you jeremy like what are your unconscious values? Like you'll list out your conscious values. You'll list out the things you aspire for, but you won't list out the things you're embodied in. And that gap is the personal development space or the journey of self-realization. It's the human condition. Exactly. We have a higher self, but we're an animal with an amygdala. And so that gap is the challenge and that is our work. So here's what we do when we're dealing with anything subconscious. It's like you just look at someone's behavior. Mm. So I would, someone would need to study me on the day to day for about a week and they would be able to derive how and what I believe about myself. And they would be able to derive core values and we can do this for ourselves, but we obviously have to be very honest. We have to be aware and we have to be willing to, to look and write things down and, and not cover things up, even if it's not ideal. Right. So if we notice, okay, I'm procrastinating or whatever it may be like, you know, noting that aspect. Okay. I tend to have very strong work ethic noting that aspect. But my point is to not get like lost in the weeds here is whenever we're dealing with anything unconscious, like our core values, we can't just like think on them of like, yeah, what do I, what do I like? Or what do I stand for? Because a lot of times the things that we get all like emotional and riled up on are like perfect examples, like someone going out and like protesting and they're like, I stand for equality. But like you look in their day to day life and like they're doing all sorts of shit that's not equal or fair. And it's like, but you don't really, it's like you, you stand for the idea, but you're not embodied in it. So this disconnect is, it's honestly very challenging. It's part of the human condition. So Having said that, being aware is super important because that will tell you where you're at. You have to start where you're at. Now we can talk about what do we aspire for and all that. So to me, it's like, there's a few ways you can think of this. You can just like, obviously a common one is just like looking up to people and role models and like sitting with and, and getting clear on like, why do I like respect them so much? Why do I look up to them? What about them is so admirable? Yeah. And you can, um, you know, vocalize and verbalize. What is that trait called? Okay. That there's something to that. I'm going to write that down. I want to try to become more like that. That is the value of a good mentor, a good friend, a good book, a good leader. They should inspire us. And because they're reflecting back something that is inside of all of us, they're just choosing it more intentionally, right? That That is what inspiration is at a deeper level. Uh, we can't be inspired by something if it's not inside of us because we don't resonate. We can't relate. It's unattainable, right? So that that is a, a helpful framework. Another one is this uh, notion of just thinking about uh, your higher self and trying to articulate the characteristics and traits of your higher self or another way of saying it could be um, God or or biblical principles. What are the values that um, the uh, Bible lays out and uh, 
those are obviously tried and true, time tested, right? They seem to create some pretty uh, repeatable, scalable results. So those are probably some good um, principles and core values to study. And it's not a thing of like just blindly adopting everything because it's in a book, but um, that's definitely a, a vast ocean of some good examples there. Um, you can look around you in day-to-day life, like I said, and choose from people around you and study those. And you can also just like go the more introspective, meditative, um, higher self route of like, you know, when my, when I, when I silence my mind, like what is my, like, what are the characteristics of like my, my true essence, like what feels most authentic and trying to get clear on those. And then all of that isn't even really the real work. Then the real work starts, which is, okay, great. I have this list. Sweet. Right. I have these core values, just like any good business. You should have core values for your life because treat it like a business in a sense. Right. So you have this thing to aspire for and you have this thing you actually are. And that is the human journey. That is the journey to what we could call self-realization, self-actualization. Embodiment means being what you say you are, like actually being, not doing it, but being it right? Where it's natural. Um, and that's a journey. You can't, you can't fake that. So you have to actually create the shift unconsciously or it's going to come out one way or another. You know, there's, there's not real integration there. Yeah. And I love that. It's like, who are you when the camera's off? Who are you when there's nobody around? Right. That's what embodiment is. Are you, <laughs> I remember you sharing this at one point on one of our calls. Um, like, exactly. What are you doing? Are you are you pissing on a toilet seat and not cleaning it up? <laughs> is that is that is that who you are? Right. And and I know and I love what you shared too about this is we're changing our unconscious programming, right? And I for people that don't understand what the subconscious is, and Jeremy shared it a second ago, talking about how 95% of our daily actions, thoughts, and decisions, right, are come from this subconscious mind. And a lot of us don't really understand how that continues to get programmed. And what I like this, the way the, the way I like to illustrate the subconscious mind is, is if your smartphone, your iPhone is set to automatic software update, that doesn't require a password to say yes, to update it. It just happens. So what we listen to, the music we listen to, like you can hear, you can have the TV on in the background. You're not even paying attention. It's still going in. That information is still being downloaded. So being very laser aware of we're constantly being programmed and it's going to take work to rewire our brains to create, sustainable change to create lasting change in our life. And yeah, it, it, it's so interesting. Um, just this whole process of, of creating change and creating that new identity for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You just, there's one more thing I can say on this. So one of my favorite kind of frameworks and little quotes that I've come up with, and I say it to my students a lot is when things aren't adding up, subtract, and I think this is a perfect application of that because um, I realized I didn't like fully answer your question of like, but how do we like shift our actual values rather than just getting clear on them? And a big piece is like what you're speaking to, like, well, it's a whole process. I think that's why I 
didn't go into it because there's not a there's not necessarily an easy answer here. But mm. everything from you know who you're who you're spending time around is a big one. What you're consuming, and that's that's in that's everything from all the people you're following on social media to different scrolling you're doing on apps and YouTube and Twitter and all of that to uh, TV that you're watching. It's uh, it's food that you're eating, right? It's your um, biological state and your nervous system state. And so it's so multifaceted, but I think the easiest, um, the easiest pretty simple framework to understand is like, if you're really trying to shift things, you need to subtract a whole lot. It's not as much about like, what are all the new things I need to add? Like what's the next trendy thing to reprogram my mind? And it's like, that may have its place at certain times. Um, but it's very much so more about removing the things that you're not right. Because how, how can you, when we talk about, like I said, we have all the things that we are, and then we have the things that we kind of wish we were and we're not embodied in yet. And then, so how do we bridge that gap? Well, it's like every single time you put in an input, that is what old you would do with old use core values. You're ingraining this old you. And so you can add all sorts of new you, but mm-hmm. continue to do old you shit. And you're going to wonder why you're still feeling like old you. It's like, no, you have to just like, as they say, like burn the fucking docks, burn the ships. Like there's no going back. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's times where like, I'll just throw away like all of my clothes and I'll just like build an entirely new wardrobe. There's times when I cut off an entire friend group and I just completely pivoted. There's times when I just completely shifted major hobbies or interests or pastimes in my life and just overnight just, and I'm not saying that that's for everyone. And I'm also not saying that that's required. I'm just saying like, that's how seriously I take this because I've tried like the whole like pitter patter, you know, like dipping my foot in the water and like nothing happens nothing happens. You just feel like more of, you just feel like a fraud. You talk when we want to talk about imposter syndrome. It's like, you can't lie to you. (laughs) You can't lie to you. It's like, you know, we're on this podcast right now. It's all fun and great. But if I turn this off and, you know, act like an absolute tyrant and an immature boy to, uh, to my partner or to those that rely on me or to my team or whatever it is, it's like, I know the truth. They know the truth, you know, serious lack of integration. It's like, well, what dictates that is like, well, I need to feel like who I say I am is who I actually am, Mm. or that's going to leak in different ways. So whatever we have to do to show up in a way where who we say we are, which obviously we, we want to portray ourselves in a positive light and there's nothing wrong with portraying yourself in a positive light. The idea is to portray yourself in a po- as positive light as possible that is actually true that should be your motivation and your drive to do the fucking work even though it's uncomfortable because otherwise you have two options lie to people and wear social masks and it's not actually who you are and you carry around a blanket of guilt and shame for your entire life because you know you're a fake and a liar 
or no one in the world respects you, wants to listen to you. You don't lead. You don't have influence. You can't, you struggle to make an impact. You struggle to serve because you haven't even figured your own shit out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, um, some additional context I wanted to add to that. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I love that too, because if it doesn't add up or how does it, if it does, it doesn't add up, subtract, is that, is when that things aren't adding, adding up, up subtract. subtract. Yeah. And something that my, um, my business partner, Cody shares all the time is simple scales, <laughs> simple scales, simplify, 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 simplify. And I think in this, field of trying to create change in your life. And there's something I wanted to touch on. Um, but in this field of trying to change your life, we can, a lot of people can find themselves going from one course to the next, going from one seminar to the next, going from one book to the next, right? They're adding <laughs> and then it all falls back in integration. And then, you know, cause I was in the, the Tony Robbins space. Like I love Tony, but like, a lot of the, a lot of his clients and a lot of people he's supporting, that's what they do. They just go from one event to the next Yep. and there's no integration in between. So for me, I told myself, all right, I'm not, I'm not doing another course. <laughs> I'm not doing another seminar. I want to integrate what I've learned. Right. And that integration could take time, take months, yep. it could take a year, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if, when things aren't adding up, subtract. And I wanted to touch on something that you shared on one of your calls, which I love, which I always fall back on. Even I, even I've shared this with some of my friends. I think it was, I can't remember the exact title of what the the topic was, but it was the four things that need to align for you to actually create change. I believe it was uh, environment, knowledge, state, and accountability. Right. I would love for you to touch on that really quickly, just so people get understand. Because I, I I love this, and it's something that has landed with me ever since you shared about that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think there's like this illustrious. Uh, it can seem like a daunting task when we talk about change your identity. Like it can seem ambiguous, or like what are we actually talking about, right? So I try. Uh, he's referencing the Level Up Collective, by the way. Um, he's been a member in the community. And, um, so I periodically have done, uh, masterclasses on changing your identity because it's literally one of the most important things we can talk about. Cause I can sit over here every week and I can teach until I'm blue in the face, but I understand because I've, <laughs> I've done this for about a decade now, people aren't going to actually get results if I don't help them change their identity. So we need these tools and frameworks, right? So you might have to remind me cause it's been a while on, on the different four as I go through them. But, um, I kind of sat with it and I kind of came up with this framework, which you're referencing of, uh, what do people actually need to create real, like lasting identity change? And I'm a big fan of this concept and you'll be familiar with it too, coming from Tony Robbins work of like pattern interrupts. Yes. Of, like you just need to like get yourself in completely different, um, uh, neuro neuro pathways. You need to completely shift things so that you just like are like you're in a different states now. You're in different moods. You feel like a different person because you just change like all this stuff, right? So, one big piece of this is environment out of the big four that you're referencing. 
So if you're trying to change your identity in an, in a real way, you need to change your environment. And that can be obviously the common one is like the five people you spend the most time with. Of course that as well. Um, that's a, a big piece, but it can also be like a lot more micro and nuanced than people think like moving is a huge one. Every single time I've moved a, it's a, been a massive level up. That's why vacations do what they do to people, right? You come back and you start making way more money, right? It's kind of a common thing. You feel motivated, you feel invigorated and you think it was a vacation. It's like partially, but you changed your environment. Our environment is constantly giving us unconscious stimuli that shifts and dictates our mood. And when we aren't ever changing our environment or if we're in an environment that's not the highest vibration or it's not aligned with our future self, it's constantly reflecting back to us our existing or our past self. And we don't understand, like, it's not like you consciously are thinking that, but that's kind of the impact that it's having on you. So environment is a big one. That's one piece. And so it's like when we go through these processes of pattern interrupting, step one, we need to change our environment to give ourselves a fair shot. That doesn't mean, you know, you have to move tomorrow and it doesn't mean you have to cut off all your friends, but it does mean you need to be very, very aware that if you do not make intentional strides towards shifting your environment in your day to day, at least in some ways, you're stacking the odds against you, really. You're making it more difficult to change your identity because, once again, I, I don't know how else to say this in a more clear way. Our environment reflects back to us our identity. And so if you've been in this, an identity and you're stuck and you're like, Jeremy, I really want to change how I perceive myself. I keep sabotaging. And you don't change your identity or, sorry, you don't change your environment. Well, every time you're in that environment, it's going to reflect back to you and it's going to almost ensure you continue to sabotage. And let me give you a really easy example of this um, for your audience. How many of us have, you know, kind of started to make some real shifts in our life? We're on the personal development path. We've been doing some healing, blah, blah, blah. And then you decide to go meet up with some old friends from college how does that usually go? Do you show up as your highest self or do you drop back to old you? Yes. That is the power of environment. Why did that happen? Are you a fraud? Should, should you burn in hell? Or is that just a notion of our environment unconsciously reflects back and dictates the way in which we show up? Mm -hmm. So if we understand that in that one sense, we should understand it when we're aspiring for identity change and improving our life. Mm -hmm. So that's one big piece of it. Piece two is state. Our state is one of my favorite ones because this is really the one that a lot of people are missing, right? So the easiest way to think of this is that our state can actually shift and alter our, our biology. And if you can get yourself into certain states, you're stacking the odds against you yet again, or sorry, you're stacking the odds in your favor yet again. And so let's think of like, uh, you roll out of bed, you didn't get the most sleep last night. You're kind of feeling a little off, a little, a little tired, but you're like, whatever, I'm, I'm just going to drink some coffee and I'll get to it. Right. That's a very, hopefully relatable, but very specific state. Right. 
And in that state, when you're faced with the typical things that you're faced with that you're go that frustrate you in regards to how you show up and respond to them, right? You're like, I keep not showing up how I want to be showing up, but it's like, okay, well, when you're in that state, I mean, you don't have too many options of how to show up, right? Now let's play a different example. You spend like five to 10 minutes doing, um, breath work, pumping yourself up, doing different, um, inner work practices. You could be doing Qigong. You could be doing the typical, like Tony Robbins hands over your head, like dancing to some crazy music, whatever. Right. You alter your actual physiology, you alter your biology. And this gives you essentially a kind of like a portal to show up as a different person, to show up as a future self. And I think the easiest way to explain this is just that like the levels of consciousness that we're in dictate the reality we're able to perceive. And so if you're just relying on, I hope I feel good enough tomorrow to make the right decisions, which is the mindset that most of us unconsciously harbor, you're in for a tough go of it. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but tomorrow doesn't exist. And if you're not able to be intentional and have practices to create state change in the moment, another great example is like probably the most obvious and aggressive example of state change is like um, a cold plunge. (laughs) That's going to change the hell out of your state. (laughs) It's extremely, extremely cold. But how do you feel afterwards? You're literally a different person after than you are before you get in that ice, right? a sauna, same type of thing. So there's all these different practices and it's not to attach to the practice. The practice isn't magical. It's just that we have these tools and they allow us to shift our state. And a lot of the examples I'm using happen to be things that are healthy for you, but we're not even talking about health benefits. The idea is just very simple. You need to get yourself into the states of the person you aspire to be. And that requires you to be intentional because as I, I, said in that same masterclass that you're referencing the art of identity change is the art of literally like lassoing a future version of yourself and pulling it into the present i don't think people really understand what that's like that's not easy by any means your present version of yourself is just a culmination of your past In the present moment, we constantly reference the past for how to behave, and we wonder why we never change. We wonder why our lives never seem to look all that different. But we're constantly, every present moment, now, 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 we're referencing the past consciously and unconsciously for how we should behave, think, feel, speak, and show up. And so nothing changes. But with this identity change framework and specifically what something like state change allows you to do is it allows you to get in a state that, well, I haven't felt like this in a while. I I can't remember the last time I felt like this. I feel pumped. I feel like I want to do something. Perfect. Do something with it then. Lasso your future self, pull it into this current reality and respond differently to this situation that you failed the last 49 days in a row when this little thing pisses you off or this little thing is too scary for you to do or that's not what I do. That's not how I behave. These stories we tell ourselves, you get yourself into the right state and you go, you know what? Today's the fucking day. Mm. 
and you show up differently. And that single decision just opened a portal to a new world. But that portal would not have been opened if you were not in the right states, if you're just sleepily sipping your coffee, woe is me, just not feeling it today, I hope tomorrow's better. Tomorrow's not going to be better with that mindset. You have to go out and get it. And when you open that little portal and make that new decision, guess what you just did neurologically? You just created a new neural pathway. Yeah. Neuroplasticity science, right? Now we get into the actual what science can back in the brain and all that. You just created a new neural pathway. Now it's going to be easier than it was tomorrow to do the same thing. And if you can sustain it for a week, it's going to be almost second nature. And if you can sustain it for three or four weeks, it's going to be a habit and you're not even going to have to think about it. So this is the nature of making behavior change a little bit more practical. Mm. Now, you want to remind me of what the other two pieces were? Yeah, and I, I wanted to touch on state really quick because that that was one that I was. Each missing. one is so deep, I kind of get like yeah, lost no, in the sauce. Yeah, the other two are pretty pretty simple, um, but state's an interesting one because I remember I specifically remember that masterclass of yours, mm. and I was like, okay, I'm missing state for sure. Um, and there are ways. You, there are several ways you could change your state, like you said. That could be like um, jumping up and down, right? That could be jumping in a, a, a cold plunge, a sauna. Um, but when you do that, I took a, a course, Jason Capital, um, and he talks a lot about shifting state and the importance of that. Wow. A common one is, you know, like the you see the the lymph trampolines, you know, and people are yep, jumping up and down exactly. on, on, mm-hmm. on that. Um, another common one is just yelling loudly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. An example would be you could either bark or just scream. <laughs> Barking was I a like really the po- bark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another example would be um, something that you know to be true that's a fact. So for me, a, an, an example would be I am Jeremy Trinchier. Right. And you say that over and over and over again, louder and louder and louder each time, you're going to shift your entire state. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you mentioned breath work as well. But when you do this consistently on a daily basis, you're raising the the common denominator. You're raising that that default that you fall back to. Mm-hmm. So if you're not used to that, if you're not used to being in a quote unquote peak state, that's a great tool to or exercise for you to have a higher bar, have a higher denominator, um, to have a higher default, I should say, that you could fall back to instead of just kind of like, you know, kind of let, letting life happen to you, being in that groggy, I don't want to get up type of um, experience, which is a lot of people have that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was such a cool tool, having something practical. Oh, I'm going to go out and bark. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was barking every hour at one point and I actually barked in church. My, my, uh, my roommate here. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, state state is a, is a big one. Being able to shift out of your state and shift into a higher state, a peak state, uh, because that was yeah. a big thing that I was missing in my life. Now, the other two were knowledge mm. and accountability slash systems. Okay. Um, and those, the knowledge piece is pretty obvious. Like, yeah. Are you just missing knowledge on how to change your life and how to change? Yeah. So if you want to touch on that. right? Cool. 
Yeah, the knowledge piece is uh, pretty obvious. I think that one probably should have um, would go first if we were to sequence these. Right. It's kind of like the awareness thing. We need we need the knowledge of this stuff. And um, without the knowledge, you really don't have the opportunity to show up as far as the accountability and the systems. I think that aspect is very important. So when we start to get into like mere neurons and, and some of the more like neuroscience of, of how identity works and how our environments mirror back to us and all that, you start to really have a different appreciation for um, accountability and like how much other humans and our, and that the constructs around us reflect back to us and dictate our success or failure in a sense. So like, when you're going about this process and it's oftentimes a lonely, it can feel very lonely, right? The process of behavior change is like, I have to let people go. My friends and family might misunderstand me. Like, um, it's, you have to find sometimes a whole new friend group. And sometimes that's like a, an ongoing thing of like, you outgrow people and it's just kind of comes with the territory. And so it can feel very much so lonely. And and in that, it's very important that you don't try to to go it alone and that you have some sort of like accountability and systems baked into that um, this process of identity change, because it's an it's not a one stop shop. This isn't like, a, OK, I'm a I'm a piece of shit right now and I'm going to transition from a piece of shit to a god that that's not what this is like. It's a constant evolution. This is the human journey that's going to occur from, you know, the moment you're, I guess, conscious of these things to the moment you die. And so along that process, having some simple systems, which could be, you know, uh, it could be belonging to a group like the Level Up Collective. It could be having a few friends where you uh, meet and repeatedly kind of um, hold each other accountable. It could be having a call once a week with uh, a mentor or uh, someone you really uh, trust or look up to. And it also could just be like a community or an environment or a, a group where you're all committed to kind of the same um, core values or the same evolution or whatever. And and what this does is it really makes the it really systemizes the accountability aspect of it, of like understanding that our brains are built to kind of mirror what we see. That's part of how programming works so well. It's like, you don't know why you're doing this thing or wearing this thing or dressing this way or saying this term, but it's like, oh, it's because you heard it. That's it. All you need to do is hear it. All you need to do is see it. And now you're saying it and you don't even know why you don't even have control over it. Yeah, that's how powerful mirror neurons are. <laughs> and advertisers understand that. So we need to use this psychology and this understanding of the brain for our benefit, not just for our detriment, right? It's like balancing out everything. If you just let the world have its way with you, it's like it's going to be tough. All this stuff's going to be used against you. But you can use this stuff for your own good. Um, and so that's kind of how I think about the, the accountability and the systems piece is just having... I guess the easiest way to say it is just like what I meant by that bullet point in the masterclass is like being intentional about curating some sort of system in your life that is going to consistently hold you accountable to who you say you're going to be. And I don't remember if I gave this example in that specific masterclass or not, because I've done a few on identity, but like, I think I, um, one thing that comes to mind for me is like, I will speak into existence on social media 
who I am or what I'm going to do. And that all of a sudden like holds me extremely accountable because like I was this 24 year old kid posting this, like I would post like um, pictures of my journal of saying like what my future was going to be like, like full on like Russ, (laughs) like I was doing that stuff like 22, 23, 24, 25 or like, you know, just sometimes when I'm, when I'm in that state, I'll just vocalize something or like even, you know, before we had uh, a lot of the, I mean, you've watched, uh, my, me, my brand and my company, um, really like level up the last year or so. Right. Well, like I was like speaking that into existence publicly and there's a difference between like maybe telling a friend or two or like keeping it to myself and then like doing it and like putting it out there. Like, here's what's going to happen. Here's when it's going to happen. It's like, okay, what I just did is I just created an identity shift because there's like one level of security to like committing to yourself in the, in private, right behind closed doors of like, I'm fucking changing. I'm tired of my shit. This is it. That's one level, but like not the strongest approach to be honest. Like you're not tired enough of your own shit and we both know it. But a higher level is like, okay, I'm I'm going to tell the world what I'm about to do. And now if I don't do it, what happens? <laughs> that is a way, way, way stronger motivation for identity change. And I think I, uh, what was the, the quote I shared in that masterclass that seemed to really resonate with people with uh, was something along the lines of, As humans, we have no stronger desire than to act in accordance with the way that the way in which we perceive ourselves and in which others perceive us something along those lines. And I think there's like consistency in there. Yes. There's something along those lines, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So there's, so that's like kind of like a, a hack here, right? Where it's like. Once you do stuff like that, you're putting yourself in a position to where your unconscious mind and such, all your faculties are going to kind of take over and they're going to do their thing because you need to act in congruency with the way that you perceive yourself and you need to act in congruency with the way that others perceive you. Mm. And we try, like, there's a million examples of that, but just look at how, like, superficial most people are or how the masks that they wear like we try so hard to act in congruence with the way we think others perceive us Mm -hmm. and so if you can take control of that um, that can be another pretty beneficial hack there Mm -hmm. and and i love that too man that's such a great quote Thank you for tuning in to part one of the three-part series with Jay Griff. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss parts two and three. We dive into the addiction of suffering. We dive into sovereignty. We dive into wealth creation. So you're not going to want to miss any of those episodes. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you found this episode supportive, if you found value in it, please make sure you share this with a friend and leave a five-star review. Intro and outro music are by Bureaucratic. You could check out the link in the description box. You could support him. And once again, the only time is right now.
So thank you for using your right now by being here with me and Jay Griff. Drive safe. <laughs>